0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Every business needs capital, which means higher profits and lower expenses. Are you aware of the various opportunities available for your business in securing capital? Welcome to Small Business Capital America with Michael Schumacher. Michael and his guests, which include experts, suppliers, and thought leaders, will be discussing these options and solutions to help raise your bottom line. Now, here's your host, Michael Schumacher.
1: Hello and welcome to our inaugural show coming to you from lovely Albuquerque, New Mexico. Our show is all about the concept that information is power, and we want to focus on helping small businesses obtain, manage, and grow capital and manage the capital process in a way that is less stressful. We want to exchange ideas. We're going to share information. We're also going to share opinions. We all have them. Uh, We're going to look for your opinions, although our show is not a direct dial-in show. We do look for your input via email, and we'll certainly... uh, Take those into account and try and answer as many of them as possible as quickly as possible whenever you have questions. We're going to be providing some interesting and I think very informative guests over the next couple of weeks. And uh, these guests are going to come from both industry suppliers. They're going to be thought leaders within the industry and we'll also share some experiences of some actual small business owners. All of this is done with a focus on capital, capital for your business. Again, we like the input from listeners, so please uh, reach out via email. You can reach us at the Voice America website at the Business Channel for Small Business Capital America. Our uh, initial show is an introduction to the concept of capital, how to obtain that capital, how to manage it, and how to make the experience of capital less stressful for you. Our format is going to be, we have four segments to our show. We're going to have three small breaks throughout the show. Again, normally uh, beyond the initial show here, we're going to have lots of guests to be filling in so you get other ideas and information and we're going to be responding to your emails. But our initial format is just this overview of uh, what's happening in small business capital for you. Some of the future guests that I wanted to just touch on that we have coming up, in the very near future. Uh, One is a company called DealStruck. DealStruck is a fintech company. We're going to talk about fintech companies a little bit. The reason I uh, wanted to bring them on is they offer three very, very interesting projects, products, excuse me, funding products, which integrate together to provide what I'll call a solution rather than just the product. Uh, Those three products are They offer a term loan, just your standard everyday term loan. They also offer a line of credit based on your inventory. And they'll offer a line of credit based on accounts receivable. And they'll integrate those three products. So I really think that uh, they provide some interesting perspective on the industry and what's going on. Another uh, fintech company, if you would, that we have coming on uh, the show will be a company called Funbox. It's going to be coming on in the very near future. Funbox is an accounts receivable lending solution that is all done online. They integrate with QuickBooks and several other accounting softwares. And uh, they're, once you're set up with them, everything is done online. You get your own advances online. The payments are made online. And it's just a solution that is so simple and so easy Uh, They do up to $25,000 lines of credit for accounts receivable, so they're a great entry point for accounts receivable funding. Another uh, lender we're going to have on in the very near future is a lender that discusses or services our industry with a combination of asset-based lending and revenue-based lending. This is really unique because it gets the cost of the capital down by using the security of the assets but it can also increase the amount of funding because it uses just not the assets but also the revenue from the business. So they've got a real neat perspective and it's an option that uh, is out there for many, many small businesses. Uh, Another lender that uh, will be joining us is our structured debt partner out of uh, New York. We'll be coming on the show and they're going to talk about all different kinds of real estate funding that are out there, everything from Long term funding to short term funding to bridge loans. So, we've got just a variety of guests as you can see coming up, and uh, we'll be sure and get that information out early and often. A little bit about me. My name again is Michael Schumacher. I come uh, to you from a consulting practice in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've uh, been on my own uh, in my consulting practice with my team for the last 10 years, and we do turnaround consulting, we do capital consulting we do business savings consulting, we do CEO groups, peer groups, and then we also have some customized turnaround consulting that we're doing as part of that practice. Again, we've been at it for about 10 years. I come from the corporate world. I did uh, mergers and acquisitions work. I did some turnaround work internally for large Fortune 50 companies, and uh, that led me to my own business which along the way I did pick up a, a few academic degrees and, and, and spent a lot of time understanding how to learn and what's happening with learning. So we'll try and introduce those aspects of it. I have a BA, and MBA, and I'm ABD in my doctorate. Um, so just a little bit about me. An overview of today's show. I just want to touch on what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to go through some of the sources of capital. We're going to talk about capital flows we're going to speak on the subject of capital planning. We're going to talk about some of the market players that are out there. We're going to talk about the heavy fragmentation within the capital markets. We're going to spend uh, a fair amount of time talking about external capital, and that would be equity and debt. And then we're going to spend some time talking about internal capital, which would be capital you generate from your own operations, either through increased revenue or reduced savings, or combination thereof. We'll spend some time on the concept of mix, CLTV, and as the time allows, we're going to also spend quite a bit of time talking about market information. I think information is just such power for you as a small business, and a small business to me, by the way, is anybody who has any revenue from $10,000 a month to $10 million a month. Forget all the other definitions are out there for the purposes of our show and our conversations. If you're doing between 10000 a month and $10 million a month, these are real applicable issues for you. We're going to talk about, uh, again, that market information. We're going to talk about some studies out of Harvard, some stuff out of Pepperdine University. We're going to go through some of the terms that people seem to either get confused by or try to throw each other off on. I'm going to give you an overview of my own company and what we do, so you can just kind of see how that fits together. We're going to talk about some resources, some servicing options. We'll go through frequently asked questions, and we'll talk about, you know, why do fundings fail as time will allow? Again, we've got four segments. So with that, uh, next thing I I want to jump right into here is um, to talk a little bit about the sources of capital that are out there. Typically, when we're talking about sources of capital, we're going to break that down into debt capital and equity capital, um, and then also external capital and internal capital. Internal capital, again, what you generate yourself from increased revenue or reduced expenses, which gets you greater profits, and external capital is that debt and equity. A lot of times, people talk about you know, what's better, debt or equity, and the answer is yes, Because for some people, debt's the best. For some people, equity's the best. But for most people, it's a blend of debt and equity capital. That capital can come from banks. It can come from friends. It can come from family. We have angel investors out there. You'll hear about private equity investors, private lenders. And perhaps the most favorite for me is the blended solution, where we're going to merge together Uh, perhaps a private lender with a bank solution or perhaps some asset-based lending with some revenue-based lending, but blending multiple solutions together almost as if you're getting the same service and solution that an investment bank would provide a large company, we're going to break that down and make it possible for a small to mid-sized company, somebody with $10,000 to $10 million a month in revenue. So that's the sources of capital that are out there today that we'll be going into. The next thing I want to just touch on as we, uh, as we head through here is it's really important to understand that capital flows. It's not stagnant. Uh, what's the right solution today for you and for the market? It's flowing in the market and it's flowing for you. is not necessarily what's going to be the right solution in the future. Think about it this way. You have different needs today in your business than you did last year. The market was performing differently last year than it is currently. So capital is going to flow based on what's happening in the markets, and it's going to flow based on what's happening in your business. And it's important to understand that. And the way you frame that understanding of those flows of capital is by constantly having a capital plan. A capital plan, much like your business plan, is not just a stake in the ground. You do it one time, wow, I did it, it's successful, I don't ever need to think about it again. It's evolving, much like your business plan evolves. You need to have a capital plan that evolves right along with it. And you need to have that plan in a format that is maybe not just written, but something that you can refer to something you can think about on a monthly, quarterly, annual basis, much like you do your own business plan. And much like your business plan, you need to involve key players, suppliers. You need to involve customers in that conversation. You need to involve your employees in that conversation about capital planning, what's needed next year. The whole concept of capital, again, is is just so fluid that While you plan, you also have to have flexibility within that plan. We have lenders coming out every week with new programs, new lenders. This is not just a monthly occurrence or a weekly occurrence. It's a daily occurrence, and they are so fragmented. So you might have a lender you think is wonderful that's right for a particular situation you're in today, for a particular need you have today, but they're not in a position where they can always evolve with you to what you need or what your situation is in the future. There are just thousands of them. We have, in our own network of lending solutions, we have well over 1,000 lenders. Realistically, we use about 40 or 50 of them on an ongoing basis. But we need to make sure that we're not putting round pegs and square holes. We need to make sure we've got the right solution for the right need or the right situation that you're in. So we're going to spend time as we get to know each other learning about the plan and how to make that plan work with all these fragmented players and the different flows in and out. Some of these lenders will base their business and their model on maybe a particular segment of business, maybe a target client of business, maybe a certain class of asset or solution that they want to fund. So again... Real important, think about planning, think about fluidity, and think about focus within this fragment-flowing world. In our next section here, we're going to talk about, when we come back from break, we're going to start talking about external capital, debt or equity, or what I like to refer to as renting money. And we're going to talk about that versus equity. And then we're going to talk about some of the options that are available to you. I hope this information is valuable. Again, anytime you have any questions or ideas or concerns, email is a great way to, uh, to get in contact and uh, for us to be able to answer and relate to your questions and make the show about your solutions for you and your needs. Look forward to seeing you back on the other side of the break here. Talk very soon.
2: comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit BizDocCapital.com. Again, BizDocCapital.com.
2: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America
0: Business Network. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at bizdoccapital.com. That's mschumacher at Now, back to Small Business Capital America.
1: Welcome back to our second segment here, as I indicated before we took our break. This segment, we're going to start talking about external capital or the renting of money. External capital gets broken down in two areas. First of all is equity, and then second is debt. We often get asked, which is better? The answer is both. One is right for one situation, one is right for another situation. The general comment I'll offer, and then we'll spend most of our time on debt today, is that equity financing is typically more expensive than debt financing. And that's a strange concept for people because they think of it as, oh, if I have an equity partner, I've got no regular payments necessarily to them, although some equity structures do have regular payments, where with debt, I do have regular payments. Yes, that's true, but the benefit of those regular payments is that the cost of capital is generally speaking lower because there's regular cash flow. Having said that, doesn't make one right or one wrong. We're just going to spend our time today on debt capital from an external standpoint. The first question you have to ask yourself when you're going out and you're looking for capital is the question of to borrow or not to borrow. And it's really broken down in a couple of questions that you ask yourself that'll make you real comfortable real quick. The first thing you have to ask yourself is the capital that I'm looking for, what am I going to do with it? But more importantly than what I'm going to do with it is what is it gonna give me back? What am I gonna earn from that? So if I'm gonna buy a piece of equipment, I'm gonna get an extra $400 a week in revenue. Or if I'm gonna hire somebody, I'm gonna spend the money to hire, I might get another $1,000 a week in revenue. So it's really about that question of what kind of return, if I get that money, am I going to get? That's the first question you wanna ask yourself and really get settled into as you're looking for capital. The second question that you wanna ask yourself is what is the least expensive cost of capital given my situation and given my need what's the least expensive that's where people like ourselves who do brokering or consulting or whatever you might want to call it can help you define the least expensive option for you for your situation which is different than everybody else's so if we've determined that your benefit from a funding is X, and we've determined that the best cost of capital that we can find for you is Y. If X, the return that you're going to get from borrowing that money, is greater than Y, the cost of that capital, you can rest assured you've arrived at a good decision, and it's time to move forward with that capital. So once you've you determine, yeah. you know, to borrow or not to borrow—you start to get some comfort. A uh, and there's a lot of different kinds of fundings out there, but one of our uh, funding partners um, that we use, a company called Funding Circle, recently put out a white paper, and I, I thought it's kind of interesting. You'll find that I tend to introduce a lot of ideas from other people. Uh, I'm not opposed to using other people's ideas. I think that's where innovation really begins—is taking these disparate ideas from other people and putting them together to fix or to work in your business. So the, the white paper that they put out was the four secret perks of small business debt. And uh, really started out kind of defending debt. It's not a bad word for business like it used to be. It's really evolved. It's evolved because the solutions are different. It's evolved because the needs are different. But the the four secret perks that they've identified of a small business loan is it really helps you to expand your business where you might not be able to expand any other way using your internal capital. The second thing that they spend a lot of time talking about is whenever you go out and you ask for money, you have to really clarify what your growth plans are. You have to make a decision about yeah, this is the key strength of my business. Here's what I need to capitalize on. Here's the reason I want those funds. Here's what I'm going to do with those funds. So it really gives you that growth. The third thing it has is peace of mind. I'm a small business owner. I've been around small business owners most of my life. I know that there's a tremendous amount of stress around cash flow and capital. So if you can plan that, and just stay a few steps ahead of it, it's going to reduce your stress and give you peace of mind. And finally, uh, successful funding actually builds your credit score. It doesn't hurt your credit score. So I think those are some important ideas. And and anytime I'm presenting an idea and you want more information on it, by the way, go to our website. Most of the time, www.biz.capital.com. Most of the time, the information is already out there on the website. Or email me and I'll get you a copy of it because, again, this information is just so powerful that it's important for each of us to have access to that capital or that information so we can have access to capital. Um, Nerd Wallet, uh, if you're familiar with it, you can Google it out there. I'm sure a lot of you already used it. uh, put out an article uh, not that long ago uh, that said uh, it was basically five reasons you can't get an SBA loan because people are always fearful. Why would somebody turn me down? Well, the number, the five top reasons that they, uh, they talk about are you don't have any assets to put in the deal. The SBA is not going to fund 100% of your business. We may have a solution out there, but it's not going to be the SBA. The second one that they said is a big issue for people not getting funded by the SBA is they have assets, but they choose not to use them. I see this a lot in our business. People want to kind of hold back and not be real forthcoming with information that can potentially save them money. So important to do that. Um, Poor credit. The SBA just will not loan when there's a credit flaw. Maybe they'll get past a a deal breaker such as a bankruptcy now and then. But for the most part, they just don't fund with bad credit. Um, Default on a student loan, that's a great way not to get funded by the SBA. Um, they do talk, apparently. I didn't think government agencies did, but apparently they do. And uh, the SBA is just like anybody else today. They're going to start looking at your character. So they're going to explore um, your, your history. They're going to look at some of the hijinks maybe you had in college and high school. And hopefully if you're, uh, if, you're not, if you're proud of those, that's great. If you're not proud of them, they can be a challenge. So those are some of the reasons why the SBA thinks – you shouldn't get funded. We'll talk about underwriting for other people here in a little bit, um, but that's the SBA's point of view. Next, we're going to talk, uh, um, speak a little bit here on funding options because, as I mentioned earlier, there's thousands of lenders, hundreds of different programs, lots of ways to slice and dice it. I, I think in the beginning it's important to kind of say that you know what, there are three basic types of funding solutions. And a fourth being a mixture of those three. They're credit based. So that's basing the decision on your credit, either your personal credit or your business credit. There's cash flow based. So we're simply looking at your capacity to pay your cash flow each month and saying, all right, can you support the debt or can you not support the debt? And then finally, there's asset based solutions where Maybe we're not as concerned about cash flow and not as concerned about credit because we're taking enough security in some form of assets that you have that we can overcome those other three issues or those other two issues. And finally, again, there's a blend of those three where you're blending a cash solution, a credit solution, and an asset-based solution, which is um, you know kind of like a symphony. When you put those three things together, you get some powerful music out of it. Underneath those... Those types of solutions right there, we have very specific products, I'll call them, versus solutions. And that might be term loans. So term loans are, we're all familiar with them, you know, four-year loan, four-year amortization. It's a simple interest, APR, uh, very traditional, close to what a bank does, sometimes different underwriting, but similar to what we used to back in the old days when the banks funded. And then we have lines of credit, and lines of credit are simply loans of a fixed allowance amount, but you draw as you need those lines of credit, whether that be receivables-based lines of credit, pure line of credit, or an inventory-based line of credit. The next uh, product I think worth talking about, an important product here because we see a lot of it, and uh, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, they're not all created equal, but this concept of revenue advances where someone is giving you money today in exchange for your revenues in the future might be called a cash advance or a merchant cash advance or a revenue advance all these boil down to a very similar product it's just simple it's very clean we want to know about revenue we want to leave the profitability to you we want to advance you a certain portion of your future revenues you pay us back out of those revenues and we move on Another type of funding is equipment funding, whether it be a loan, a lease, whatever that equipment-based funding might be. We have asset-based funding where you want to take a piece of equipment or a piece of real estate and you want to turn that into working capital. That's another fantastic solution or way to approach it. We have uh, real estate funding, whether it be short-term, long-term bridge funding, uh, hard money, easy money all those different aspects we have unsecured funding where we're simply using your credit and your credit alone to drive the funding solution and then you have that blended solution again that symphony where you're putting several products together and hopefully they're going to play nicely and work from there so powerful stuff to think about again this blending or that symphony really helps you Many people today hear about underwriting and uh, due diligence, and those concepts can be a little bit of scary. So I, I just want to break underwriting down. real simple for everybody here. Uh, we'll talk a lot more to underwriters who are going to be on the show in the future, but there's really uh, underwriting breaks down to the five C's of small business lending. They go back from the beginning of time. We've got character. Um, that's about your experience. that's about your industry experience. That's about your personal experience. Uh, people are googling just like you, you get Googled when you go for a job interview, you get Googled when you go for a loan. So they're going to look at your character. What are you all about? People saying good things, bad things, What's out there? They're going to look at your credit score. So you know, a credit score is a meant to be not always reflective, but it's always meant to be, this reflection of, you know what, this is what historically this person has done. That's what a credit score is supposed to be. You're familiar with the concept of a tri merge credit report. So, we'll spend some time talking about credit reports down the road, and uh, we'll start talking about credit repair and how that can impact your business. All these things come together. So, we've got character, credit score, and then another concept out there, or another uh, aspect of underwriting is capacity. And that's just a matter of after you have your sales and your expenses, is there enough left over to make the payment? Can you service the debt? Finally, they're going to look at uh, capital structure. Um, they're going to look at, you know, how could the business move out of, how could capital move out of the business or into the business, other than the operations? Uh, is, is it real easy for you to just take the money and go to Las Vegas for the weekend for vacation? So that capital structure kind of plays into the underwriting process. Finally, the the fifth C of small business. Uh, lending and underwriting would be collateral. So we're going to look at, you know, what kind of collateral are you offering, whether it be business collateral or personal collateral. And collateral can be hard assets or soft assets. It could be things like inventory, accounts receivable, real estate, equipment. Collateral might be something like a patent, something that can be marketed, and have value and can be turned in the event of a default. So those five C's, character, credit score, capacity, capital, and collateral, that's underwriting. That's what they do. They take the information you give them and they validate it against those five C's as they're moving through the underwriting process. It's so important that when you're going through a loan process that you think about what the underwriting is going to be. Don't overthink it, but just think about what they're going to need, be real responsive, get them what they need as they need it, and go from there. Uh, When we come back from the break, and we've got a break coming up here, we're going to start talking about uh, some of the internal options for raising capital. How do you internally generate capital, and how might we be able to help you think about that. Again, it's uh, increased revenue, decreased expenses equals more profit. That's capital. So see you on the other side of the break. Talk very soon. Thank you.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid-cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information visit bizdoccapital.com. Again, bizdoccapital.com.
2: Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at bizdoc Now, back to Small Business Capital America.
1: Welcome back to our third segment of our inaugural episode. So in this segment, we want to spend some time talking about internal capital. Internal capital is capital you generate for yourself, it's the cheapest capital you'll ever find, and it's based on increasing your revenue and or reducing your expenses or a combination thereof. So more profit means more capital and capital you generate that you didn't have to pay for again. We're going to talk about uh, the best way to start this because there's so many different solutions out there is to talk to you about some of the savings programs, uh, the way to reduce expenses that we work with in our own practice. Uh, This isn't about selling anything today. It's simply about just kind of letting you know some of the things that that we do as a starting point when it comes to business savings programs. So the uh, the first one has to do with real estate. Well, actually, there's two that have to do with real estate that I wanted to talk about. The first one is we simply have a program where we go in and we look at your annual property taxes and we get our accountant's and our tax experts to go in and to go ahead and help you navigate to reduce those property taxes on an annual basis. The great part about these types of programs is there are no costs to you to do it. We simply get paid a portion. You pay us a portion of anything we save you. If we don't save you on your property taxes, you don't make anything. These are great kind of programs to to participate in because you're already paying property taxes on your building likely and now we've got an opportunity to go in and help you save on those property taxes. You know the savings potential here it can be as much as 20 percent we can uh, we can find in the way of savings on your property taxes so a really neat program. Another way to uh, to kinda on your real estate adjust your your tax burden is a concept called cost segregation and really, it's a planning strategy where we have some engineers and some tax experts take a look at the improvements, uh, the upgrades that you've done to your building, and we try to find ways within the law to accelerate those the depreciation on those particular parts of your asset, which is real estate. The program, again, is very simple. We do the work. We get paid based on the savings, and you get the rewards. Now, many of the programs we're going to talk about are deductions, but some of them are actual tax credits, so I'll get into those a little bit as we go forward, but I just want to kind of touch on some of these because I think it sparks people's brain and their imagination when they hear about what other people are doing. We've got a program that'll take a look at all the state, local, and federal programs and help you reduce your energy based on those programs through tax credits or, or industry credits. Um, we have manufacturing incentives that'll go ahead and take a look at your wage base, get you wage-based credits. Now, these are not d- deductions. These are actual credits based on your hiring and the number of people you hire and what you do as far as training those people. Um, we explore workers compensation in another program we take a look at your workers compensation insurance we're not trying to get you to change insurance companies or anything like that we're simply going in and saying here are ways based on classifications of employees or whatever it might be that we can help you reduce your workers compensation insurance all we ask is you pay a portion of that to us the savings uh, We have waste disposal we'll take a look at. We'll go in and help you negotiate and, uh, again, find a a way to reduce your costs on your waste. Uh, Small parcel and freight audits and help you to save on small parcel shipping. It's a really interesting program. The people who developed this program were large shippers themselves, small businesses like you and me, but large shippers of product. And they invested a lot in IT, trying to understand how their UPS and FedEx bills work and how they can manage those expenses and actually reduce those expenses over time. We're very successful at it. So they said, okay, we've invested in all the IT. We've invested in finding the solutions. Now they're sharing those solutions with other people. It's a great business model. I really like that program because... It is so powerful, and they've already invented the wheel, if you would. Same group has a program where they look at your uh, credit card processing and will work on your credit card processing. Not trying to change processes here. That's not what this is about. This is simply about how to reduce that cost within your business. We have a program that looks at your cell phone usage. It looks at your cell phone uh, utilization, and we try to find the best solution for you there. And uh, finally, another one I want to touch on just real briefly, and we'll get more into these as the shows evolve, is we've got a program that will help you get signed up for all the class action lawsuits that are out there. If we were as individuals to try and manage all the class action lawsuits that are out there today's litigious society, uh, we'd probably go mad and we wouldn't catch them all. What if there was a group whose only job was to help you get signed up and help manage getting you your fair share of any class action lawsuits out there. We've got a program that will work along that ways. So I think that's a great starting point as we talk about the concept of profitability and, and how to generate internal capital through savings. The other part of it, yo, know, is we, we have to figure ways to, it's not just you can't save your way to prosperity solely. You also have to generate revenue. And we like to spend a lot of time when we talk about revenue generation talking about leverage. And to me, leverage in this particular case is as simple as you've already got relationships, your employees have relationships. How do you leverage that into more revenue? Is it more frequent service to a customer? Or how do we leverage a less costly solution for that customer that makes us both more money? How do we leverage our existing customers into new customers? How do we leverage in new products and services to customers we're already delivering to? We've already got a relationship with them. They already like us. And we're not having to acquire new customers. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to approach revenue. And we're going to start touching on those as the show moves forward. People. Um, you know, people management is real simple, um, but it's real complex because people are complex. And what you've got is goal setting, accountability, and communication. So everybody needs to be clear what's supposed to happen. Everybody needs feedback on what is happening, and there needs to be a constant communication about the hows of where we fix it. I spend, um, when I do my own individual consulting projects, we spend a lot of time on a concept uh, I learned many years ago from a boss of mine. And uh, he referred to it as sport fishing. And it's the art of asking a question. He referred to it as throwing the lure in the water and letting the fish come to you. So in the case of uh, employees and employee development, they have the ideas. How do you get those ideas out of them? Well, you know, it really boils down to that asking that right open-ended question that both motivates them but extracts the data or the information that you want sport fishing Um, you know the people who are masters at this they could write books I wish they would because sport fishing is an art that really helps you improve both your expense reduction and your revenue growth another concept we'll touch on as we go through uh, the show is is about renewal every business new businesses old businesses mature businesses go through cycles some really good cycles where business is going great, things are wonderful, and then some challenging cycles. And you go through what's called the renewal process. The challenge that most people experience in a renewal of a business where you're looking to maybe re-engage your revenue or reduce your expenses is that you're so close to it, you're right there, you're, you're in the middle of it, you're in the thick of it, that sometimes it takes a third party who's just got that less in the day-to-day of it mentality that can help ask just a few questions, set down that accountability, that goal setting, that communication pattern that will help you to renew your business as you move forward. Again, renewal isn't a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. Um, Our bodies renew every day. Our businesses need to renew every day. Two other concepts that help with uh, the overall idea of raising your revenue or reducing your expenses are the concept of mix is one of them. Mix is the most powerful form of leverage that I learned when I worked in corporate America. And it might be product mix or it might be customer mix. It might be timing mix. Um, I'll liken it to the wholesale industry. Um, you know, you sell, you know, a wholesaler, maybe you sell 10,000 different items. And uh, we all know that some of those items have really low margins, maybe three, four percent. Some of them have 40 or 50 percent. So the concept of mix in this particular case, when it comes to a product standpoint, might be how do you continue to sell your same low volume or high volume, low margin items, but start to increase the mix of more and more items that are more profitable for you and still service the customer. Another aspect of mix would be when you have customer mix. So, you know, different customers are different levels of profitability. So while we want to keep all customers, we want to learn to mix in more profitable customers with lower profit customers. So we want to constantly look at a mix from a product standpoint and from a customer standpoint. When we're doing this, we need to remember also timing. And I'll liken it back to the wholesale industry first, and then I'll give you an example in the uh, restaurant industry. So from the wholesale industry standpoint, uh, most customers want a delivery in the morning, but they don't want it at lunch hour, and they don't want it before they get there. So you have an eight-hour day of drivers out there uh, delivering and you have what we would call 3 hours in the morning a prime delivery time how do we make sure that we're getting a good a better margin for that prime delivery time so timing mix and maybe we can give better pricing to somebody who's willing to take some of those off time deliveries because we still paying that we're still paying that driver for an 8 hour day saint concept can work in the restaurant industry um, Seven o'clock is a wonderful time to go have dinner in most parts of the country And, uh, restaurants start having their staff there at 435 and they have their staff there till 11. So perhaps we can price differently in that restaurant, offer early bird specials, late night specials, same concept here of mix. So it's product, timing, and customer mix. Finally, there's a real powerful concept we use in our own business, uh, called CLTV, customer lifetime value. So, We don't look at a customer as a one time transaction. We look at them as a relationship of multiple transactions. So I could fund somebody and I could get a nice commission, and that's the end of it. It's very transactional. They're happy, we're happy. Or more powerfully, I could fund them once, maybe at a reduced commission, and then I can go ahead and fund them multiple times, help them find savings programs. So I'm becoming more valuable, I'm getting greater revenue and I might be giving up a little bit of margin. But that customer lifetime value changes your perception, your mental thought process, and how you do business. I could talk all day about it, but I see we're heading into a break here. So I just want to thank you for your time so far. We'll be back with our final segment in just a few minutes. Look forward to talking more. Thank you.
2: Comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: BizDoc Capital Group was founded in 2007 and is committed to the success of small and mid cap enterprises. BizDoc provides innovative, fast, affordable business financing solutions and saving solutions to small and mid-cap businesses. We tailor solutions to meet your business needs. Our solutions include term loans, lines of credit, equipment financing, commercial real estate financing, tax savings programs, and business expense savings programs. For more information, visit BizDocCapital.com. Again, BizDocCapital.com. You are tuned in to Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about the program, please send an email to mschumacher at biz.capital.com. That's mschumacher at B-I-Z-D-O-C-capital.com. Now, back to Small Business Capital America.
1: Welcome back for our final segment of today's show. Um, again, I really appreciate you tuning in and listening here today. I want to spend our final segment. I'm a big believer, again, in information and data and that sort of quantitative data. I think it's so powerful for us as entrepreneurs to get access to that data. And so I'm going to really, as much as possible, given our limited amount of time, I want to touch on, if possible, three recent studies that are out there, one by Harvard and two by Pepperdine. And I think they tell us a lot because, you know, if you're like me, and I think most of you are, you want to know what your lender's thinking, what your potential lender's thinking. You want to know what other businesses are doing and and how they're getting solutions. And so these three studies actually provide great insight to that. If you want copies of the actual studies that are hundreds or 80, 90 pages long, um, I'm happy to provide those. Again, just email us or check out our website. We can get you that information. The first one I wanted to spend a little bit of time on is uh, in 2014, Harvard did a a research study called the State of Small Business Lending. Um, And uh, couple of quick takeaways. First one are 28.7 million small businesses in America. That is powerful. Think about how many people are out there just like yourself trying to make it work in small business. 37% of those people at any given time are out seeking capital. So you're not alone. There's 37% of the small businesses out there at any given time are looking for capital. Um there are half of those are sole proprietors, about half of them are either LLCs, C Corps, or or S Corps. Um there's a market then of you know millions of small businesses. And if only if 37% of them are seeking capital, you can imagine that about 10 million other small businesses are out there seeking capital right now. So that gives you a little bit of idea of what you're up against, number one, and then number two, you're not in it alone. Uh, other people are looking for it too. Perhaps the most expensive or extensive study on uh, on small business capital out there today, uh, there's two studies actually done by uh, uh, Pepperdine University, uh, Craig Everett has a PhD leading the program out there, uh, and I believe they had sponsorship from Dun & Bradstreet to give proper credit to everybody. Uh, the, the first study is really focused on borrowers, small business owners. And then the second part of the study is more focused on the lender side of it. it gives you great perspective into that. I, this is some fascinating information, so I'm going to go through it very quickly uh, so I can get as much in as possible. But it's just fascinating information because we are not alone and there are ways to get this done. So, there's a two parts to the uh, to the study. So you've got access to capital and demand for capital. So if you would supply and demand. So in 2012, the index and it's an index study, but the important thing is the differential here. The access to capital or the supply was at an index of 27.8. And the demand was at an index of 37.0. That's a 9.2 index gap. That's a huge gap, almost a third, excuse me, almost 25% gap between demand, which is much higher than supply. Remarkably, in the fourth quarter of 2015, that gap had gone from a 9.2 index point difference to a 2.4 index difference. So demand is – Going down and supply is going up, which is good news for all of us in small business because that leaves us a lot of opportunity and hope. Now, the study breaks it down and it says, you know, I want to look at businesses with $5 million or less of revenue, and I will look at businesses with $5 million to $100 million of revenue, and I want to really see if there's a big difference. And there is. In 2012, the gap, the difference between demand and supply, demand outplaced supply by 11.8 index in under $5 million revenue companies, and that gap got close to 4.6 in 2015, the fourth quarter. So much greater gap in the less than $5 million revenue companies than in the five $100 million revenue companies. However... There is still a big gap, or was still a big gap, in early 2012 in the larger companies. I don't, I don't want to get too complicated here, but the, the, the takeaway here is this supply has actually outgrown the demand with companies in $5 million to $100 million range. But there's still a big gap, negative gap, where demand is outpacing supply in smaller companies. So... What's happened is, again, supply has dramatically ramped up in capital, but it leans towards the larger company size, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, which is even more interesting because at this particular time, we're seeing that revenue is changing. Faster in the smaller companies. So, in other words, the smaller companies under $5 million in revenue are growing 3.1% faster than they used to, where the $5 million, $100 million companies are only about six tenths faster growth than they were three years ago. So, you've got a situation where smaller companies are growing faster, but the supply of capital has not caught up to their need yet. Um, the, The study looks at both. The reasons for capital and the availability for capital. So, in the demand side, on the demand, why are people looking for capital? And tell me if this, you know, really engage in this concept of is this me the number one reason for demanding capital or looking for capital is planned growth or expansion opportunities. Second most. Important reason or second largest reason for looking for capital is just work or is just working capital, the day to day fluctuations and perhaps your receivables or other items. And that really indicates to me that again, the smaller your business is, the less solutions that have caught up with you. So, um, you know, just think your way through this as you're beginning to plan and make sure that. uh, that you uh... you have the right mix and the right solutions we'll go into more of those reports i'm sorry i just uh... we're running out of time here in our initial episode but we'll talk more about that later and again if you'd like a copy of it i'm happy to uh... to provide that uh... just take a few minutes here uh... our business is consulting so um, while i'm not here to sell you I, I would ask that if you have questions or if you're looking for some solutions please reach out to us. Uh, Our website is www.biz.capital.com. Again, there's uh, lots of information on there, more videos coming out all the time, and more resources on there, and it's a great way to get in contact with us. Uh, The things that we do as as a business include uh, CFO, CEO leasing, uh, turnaround consulting. We do capital consulting where we help you find your capital, uh, we're doing CEO groups where we get groups of CEOs together as peers, and they work to uh, solve each other's problems, quasi-board of directors as you would. And uh, you know, so we've got this tremendous pool of solutions. There's many more items we could talk about, and we will talk about as we go forward. I look forward to your input and to talking uh, more as we go forward and learning uh, what your needs are via email And then uh, I think you're going to really find our guests engaging. So if you have the guest piece, you have this data sharing, this information sharing, hopefully we're bringing powerful tools to you that will uh, help you get the capital you need, whether you're driving it internally through uh, increased revenues or reduced expenses, or perhaps you're looking for external capital. Again, um, we mostly focus on debt capital, but we'll touch on some of the aspects of equity capital as we move forward. I know your time is valuable. I hope this is good information for you. I hope this is of value to you. I look forward to uh, visiting with you next week, same time, uh, from lovely Albuquerque, New Mexico. Again, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you
0: for listening. Be sure to tune into Small Business Capital America with host Michael Schumacher every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Best wishes, and we'll talk again next week.